Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we continue on our Christmas series, getting us ready for this big day that's coming, not just here, but this big day that came 2,000 years ago. So I want you to do me a favor and let you get ahead a little bit. Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, go ahead and turn on your Bible. If you've got the app, that's probably the easiest way for you to follow along is on the app because uh, we've got all the notes there. If you're watching online, I know you're able to pull up the notes there as you watch, watch along. If you're watching on Roku or Apple Stream, you can use the app. Norster Church, Georgia is where you can download that. So I'll give you a little second. Um, you know, Christmas is full of great characters that are in the Christmas story. We know that we've got shepherds that show up on the scene, and these shepherds were the least likely guys to visit. Uh, we know that there were magi that ended up coming a little bit later, and these magi brought gold, frankincense, myrrh. We remember them. We remember the angels, but the people that really sort of take the cake and the ones that this whole night was built around was a young girl named Mary and a young man named Joseph. Most likely they were mid-teenage years. Joseph was probably 14, 15 years old. Mary was 13, 14 years old, both very young. And their life got turned upside down. You know, I think we have romanticized the story enough, we've cleaned up the story enough that we miss what all was really going on during that story. It wasn't, it wasn't the easiest script to live out. It wasn't the easiest playbook to go by. So today, I want you to read that story with me. Luke chapter two, would y'all stand with me in honor of reading God's word together? Luke chapter two, and we'll talk a little bit as we read. So if at any point I'm saying something, you're not reading, just look up. We'll chat a little bit. Here we go, Luke chapter two, verse one. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So there was a census. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. So Mary and Joseph had to go make a trip because they had to register. They had to take this census and you had to go back to where you were from. So let's call time out real quick. How many of you, if this happened this Christmas, and you had to go to the hometown that you grew up in, it would be further than 25 miles from here. Raise your hand, right? So all of us, all of us in this, in this room, we, we weren't born in Ackworth, right? There's just a few of us that were born, a few people born in Ackworth, Kennesaw. Most everybody else was from somewhere else. Well, Joseph was that way. Look at what it said. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Time out. So he lives in Nazareth, but he's got to go back to Bethlehem because that's where his family was from. He's from the house and lineage of David. So if, if David's mom did Ancestry.com back then and she got on the Google and did a little bit of work, she found out that old King David, they were from the line of David. Right, That was what the, the line they came from, so he had to go back. Now, we know enough of the Bible to know that Isaiah tells us, a lot of the other prophecies of the Old Testament said that there will be a Savior born from the town of Bethlehem, which is where they're going back to. Let's keep reading the story. They went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with what? What does it say there? Scandalous, right? 
I mean, this isn't like a pregnancy nobody knew about. This was the one everybody knew about. So we all talked about where we grew up. How many of y'all grew up in a town where everybody knew your business? Raise your hand. If you grew up in a small enough town. Okay, back in the town that I was in, everybody knew my mother, all right? And so if I did anything, my mother would get wind of it at the bank. Think about this time they grew up in. A girl is betrothed to be married, not married, betrothed, engaged to be married, and she is pregnant. Big problem. We're gonna talk about it here in a second. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn, wrapped him in clothes, cloths, lied him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. One of the most incredible stories you've ever heard, yet there seemed to be some missing details. And we're gonna talk about it this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, ever how you do it, step in this room, pull up a chair, speak into our hearts and lives. And God, may we not be the same for it. God, may we, we may have walked in with our own stuff, with our own junk, with our own stories. And God, today we leave being reminded of this incredible story and the lessons it has for our story. And Father, we give it over to you and I pray it now in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So let's talk about this real quick. <clears throat> the Christmas story that Mary and Joseph are gonna go through. So let's just get a foundation. So if you're new here to North Star, sometimes I'll ask questions. Typically, I try to ask very easy ones so you all feel, you leave church and go, I am really smart. All right, and so that's the goal. And so I wanna ask, ask some baseline questions. Yes or no question. Was this story of Mary and Joseph and how it played out that night, was that God's idea, yes or no? Yes. In fact, in fact, we just said it hundreds of years prior, God said that there was gonna be a savior and he was gonna be born in a town called Bethlehem, which means house of bread. It was God's idea and it was God's plan. Now, here's the hard part of that answer by saying yes, and you are correct. It was God's idea and God's plan. Hard part of the answer is, there was nothing easy about that night. See, we in our minds, I don't know about you, when I think of God's plan, here's what I think, this is, maybe this is just me, but I think of simple, I think of easy, I think of predictable, and I think of no trouble. That's what I think of when I think of God's plan. So when I get down to pray, for God's plan in my life, here's what I'm saying. God, keep me safe. God, keep my pathway from going uphill. And God, don't let anything bad come my way. That's the way I pray. I don't get out on my knees and pray. Now, God, I want you to just bring some adversity into our lives. I don't pray that, right? I don't pray for tough times. But you know what you learn? Sometimes, even in the middle of God's plan, he uses tough things to get us where we're supposed to go. We begin to believe, well, if something bad comes, then God's forgotten me, or God's mistaken, or God take a day off, or, or here's Mary and Joseph, two teenagers. They didn't sign up for this. They didn't look at it and go, hey, God, I hear you got a big act coming, and we want, a, we want starring roles. They didn't sign up for it. 
They were just two kids that were gonna get married in their little town called Nazareth. Mom and dad had put them together and now they're betrothed and they're engaged and they're gonna build a little life together and everything goes sideways. So here's some of the ways it went sideways. A little couple notes here. Number one, there was a surprise pregnancy. Everybody was surprised. Mary was surprised. Mary was an average, ordinary girl. Now, I know for some of you from the traditions maybe you came from, you were taught growing up Mary was sinless. Mary was not sinless. Mary was a normal person who God chose to use to carry a sinless child. But it was a surprise pregnancy. It's not. This wasn't Mary's doing. In fact, I bet you if you could have stopped the story when Mary found out she was pregnant, I bet you Mary would have gone, this is the biggest mistake that's ever happened. Because Mary's got to tell her parents, I'm pregnant and it's not Joseph's and it's not any other man's. And they're going, okay, <laughs> right? I mean, you know that story, where's that, where's that one going? It's surprise pregnancy. Surprise to Mary, surprise to Joseph. Joseph knows, we read this last week, Joseph knows he's never been with Mary. And an angel comes to Joseph. Listen, Joseph and Mary now have a spotlight on them. They didn't ask for the spotlight. There's a surprise pregnancy. Luke 2, and Joseph went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Yes or no question. Was this child that Mary was pregnant with part of God's plan? Yes or no? Yes, and there was nothing easy about the plan. Look at the second part. There was a sudden census. There was a sudden census. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, and they all had to be registered, each in his own hometown. And this wasn't like, hey, the census coming by your door, knock, 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 knock. Hey, could you fill out a couple things? No, we're not interested, and they come back later. You never told the Roman government no. So when the Roman government said, you're gonna go to your town, you can't go, can I mail in that ballot? All right, you didn't get to do that. You had to get on hoof and you had to go to the town that you were, there was a sudden census. Nobody saw it coming. Was the census, yes or no, part of God's plan? Yes, it was part of God's plan. It had to take the census to get them from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but if you could have stopped Mary and Joseph at the end of the pregnancy and said, does this make any sense to you? Let me tell you what they would say. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. All our family is in Nazareth, because look at number three. They had to make a 90-mile trip. They had to make a 90-mile trip, roughly. Kennesaw, Georgia, to Macon, Georgia. I don't like driving from Kennesaw to make it. Now, they didn't have to go through Locust Grove on I-75 and get stuck in the vortex of traffic, but that's a long ways. And they're on donkey and on foot. And Mary's pregnant. Was that part of God's plan? Yes, it was. Get this, nothing's easy about it. Wouldn't we think that God's plan would always be paved, easy, and downhill? Wouldn't we think if God's in the story, everything's gonna line up right? 
everything's gonna turn out like we want it. We're gonna win the game. Our, our team's gonna come through. I'm gonna get A on the test. We think that if, if it's, it's the American way, right? If God is in it, then it's just nice, easy, seamless down the middle. Number four, there was a stable for delivery room. So Mary and Joseph show up. All right, think of it now. I want you to think about this. We've heard this story so many times. I think we get numb to it. Think about this. Yes or no, and I want you to answer boldly and confidently. Was Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem part of God's plan? Yes or no? Yes, shouldn't have God done a better job booking a room? I mean, when you think that. So you call me in to speak, Coach Jordan's over here. If he calls me to do his baseball banquet, I'm driving in from out of town, and I pull up, and he goes, man, I didn't get you a room, so good luck finding one, and I'm out in a stable. I'm going, dude, I ain't ever coming back because you didn't do your part booking the room. But that was part of God's plan. Just stable for a delivery room. Poor old innkeeper, he's been in every church cantata since existed going, there's no room in there. We don't know if there was a guy standing there or not. We just know Mary and Joseph showed up there and nowhere to stay but where the animals were. And this newborn infant that is gonna be the son of God is gonna be wrapped in swaddling clothes. What were swaddling clothes? They were the cloths that were lying there in this stable. And he was gonna be laid in a feeding trough. But it was part of God's plan and there was nothing easy about it. So what do we learn from that? A couple lessons, ready? Lesson number one. Even when we face tough times, God's still on his throne. That's a big deal. And here's the hardest part. I know when you face tough times, God's on his throne. But when I face tough times, it seems like he took a day off. Tough times just shouldn't come. Tough times shouldn't be in our script. But the reality of life is if you live long enough, you're gonna face some years and times and months and days you didn't choose and you didn't see coming. Yesterday I got to pray with a gentleman on the phone that's going through a discouraging time right now with, with a cancer diagnosis. When I prayed for him, I know absolutely God's on the throne. But let me tell you something. When pain visits my life, I forget he's there. And I start feeling like, well, I must not be in the plan because God would never let it work out like this. I you to look at what Paul said in Colossians. This is so good. For everything, absolutely, what's the next word? Okay, let's do it again. For everything, that was... Y'all just failed your test. All right, here we go. For everything, absolutely what? Above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him, finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what your story of 2020 is. I don't know what your story of 2021. I think all of us think magically we're gonna flip January 1 and it's all gonna be better and it may not be, but I can tell you this, God hasn't taken a day off and God has not forgotten you and he's still on his throne. When Paul was shipwrecked, 
when Paul was in prison, when Paul was beaten, God was on his throne. And when God called Paul on Damascus Road into ministry, he was on his throne. God's still on his throne. Life doesn't preclude God. Life always includes him in the story. Second thing is give it over to God. He can handle it. Give it over to him. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey if you've been walking with God six months, six years, or 60 years. We've got, we've got all of that. We have, we have people at North Star that have been walking with God six days and six weeks. And we have people to God that have been walking with him for 60 years. I don't care where you are in that journey. Life can overwhelm you if you take your eyes off him. Would y'all agree with that? Life can and will overwhelm you. There will be something that you face that's bigger than you and you go, I can't do it. And you are completely right, you can't. So I want you to think of this visually. Imagine the Lord is here. Imagine fear, doubt, discouragement are here. Every day we get a choice of which one we lock eyes with. If I choose tomorrow morning to get up, and here's, let me just tell you how this thing works. All right, this all sounds really good when I'm on the stage because nothing bad happens while I'm up here. But when I leave here, things can go bad, right? You can be a Florida Gator fan and somebody throw a shoe, right? I mean, things can go downhill quick, right? In games and in life. So every day I could preach this, but tomorrow morning I can get up and face my fear, doubt, and discouragement. If I face it, I turn my back on the Lord. What you think about this? But if I face the Lord, I turn my back on it. Does that make sense to everybody? And we all get that choice every day. Listen to what Paul said. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worry and pray, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let God know your concerns before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Give it over to him. And I want you to write this in. If you're thumbing something in your phone, day by day. Because here's what I can tell you. I can walk with the Lord for 60 years and tomorrow morning get up and walk towards this and be overwhelmed by it. <clears throat> if you are walking through one of those seasons of life that's hard, God has not forgotten you. If you are walking through one of those seasons of life that is difficult, choose to lock eyes with him day by day. So those worries, when they come, if I face this way, they turn into prayers. If I face this way, they turn into a, 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 a circle of doubt and discouragement and despondency. I'm running out of D's. All right, so it turns into a lot of stuff. I'm not looking at my notes. So it turns into a lot of stuff. Look at the final thing. And remember, God's not finished with my story. He's just not finished with your story. See, we, we know the end of Mary and Joseph's story. We know that 
Mary ended up living long enough to see Jesus down on the cross. But if you had paused at any point in this craziness, I bet they would have gone, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't deserve it. If you'd have found Moses when he was wandering in the wilderness two times for 40 years he was in the wilderness. One time by his choosing, one time by God's choosing. 80 years of Moses' life was in the wilderness, outside of God's best, you could say. Were there times Moses probably thought his story was over? I guarantee you there was. We just finished Friday night with a football team, The Life of Joseph. Joseph spent a good chunk of his years, his formative years, in a, in a pit and in prison. And then when he got in prison, he got forgotten. But his story wasn't over. Want everybody to look at me? Nor is yours, but you gotta keep walking. And you gotta choose. The Christmas story teaches us the lesson. I have got to choose to keep going, even when it doesn't make sense. There are tough roads we all face, but you can't put a period where God puts a comma. You gotta keep walking. Paul tells us why and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good for those who love God and are called apart according, according to his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, Bethlehem is the story of rough roads and tough times that a young couple trusted God enough in to live out. And he didn't waste their time, and he didn't waste their experience, nor is he gonna waste yours. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, today, I don't know the stories of the people watching online, where they're watching from. God, I don't know the stories of everybody sitting in this room today and what they walked in with. But God, you do. And Father, you use those tough times and those rough roads to bring about something in us that we couldn't have found any other way. And God, you never waste our story if we don't let you. God, I have a prayer for those that are listening in this morning and my prayer is this, is that our hope won't be found in circumstances. Our hope won't be found in good days. God, our hope in good days and in bad days will be found in you. And that God, if you still got us living, then you still got a story that you're gonna tell. And Father, that is my prayer. God, thanks for Mary and Joseph not quitting not giving up too soon, not finishing out that leg of the journey. And 
And God, may we finish our leg of the journey too. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.